Oh, thank you. <laughs> thank you very much. Thank you very much. I, I can't even begin to tell you how much I've been looking forward to this and how delighted I am to be here today. And I've, I've spoken at your women's conference twice now over the last 10 years or so, but I've never had the honor and the privilege of being with you. And there's so many people across the nation that are praying for you right now. And I just feel, I feel blessed among women or men, however that's working, however that's working this morning. But I, I just feel deeply honored to be here with you today. And as I was praying for you this morning, I was up early because that's what nuns do. And I was praying for you and just considering your hearts, my dear brothers, and just asking in a very special way for Our Lady to speak to you. Because there's, there's something that happens when women speak to men There's something that happens as we behold the gift of who you are and see your excellence. It's just in a different way than than when men speak to men. There's a different part of your heart that's engaged. And my heart for you this morning is to do nothing other than to bless you. That's all I want to do. So if it's okay with you, I'm just going to ask you one more time, if you can, to stand just for a second. And I'm just going to invite you just to take a deep breath all the way in and all the way out. And I just want to invite you, my dear brothers, just in a few moments of deep honesty, I just want to invite you just to close your eyes just for a second and just to offer to Jesus, very honestly, whatever's on your heart this morning, whether it's joy and gladness or sadness or struggle, whatever that is, because if it matters to you, it matters to him. I just want to give you a few moments to do that now. Jesus, we love you, and I profoundly thank you for my brothers that are gathered here today. I thank you for the gift of who they are as men, as sons, as brothers, as bridegrooms, as fathers. Lord, and I ask that you would bless them immensely. Jesus, I pray that you would cover us in your precious blood, that you would defend us against any attacks of the enemy. I pray that you would open up places in our heart that have been long closed. Holy Spirit, you are welcome here. I pray that you would gently blow upon our hearts, that you would ignite a fire within us of the goodness of who we are. Father, I pray that you would father us, especially your sons. I pray that you would father each of them in a way they've never been fathered before by you. And Mother Mary, we turn to you, Mama, you who are all beautiful, you whose beauty heals, you whose beauty brings order and restoration and hope. Mother, I pray that you would intercede for us, especially for your sons, as we pray together as one family. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou amongst women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Our Lady of Victory, pray for us in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. You may have a seat. So when I was praying for you, this, um, and just kind of figuring out, like, what did the Lord want to say to you? I named this, the title of this talk, The Power and Gift of the Masculine Heart, The Power and Gift of Your Heart. And I think what we have to do before we begin anything is we have to define our terms. And words matter. And it's very important for us to notice how society is redefining words. Because if you can redefine words, you can redefine reality. So I want to talk a bit about kind of when I speak about power and gift... And the gift of your heart, I want to help you understand what I'm talking about when I do that. So there's many different facets we could look at when we speak about power and gift. 
But I just want to give you two. So this is the particular definition I'm going to use for your heart for gift. So it is this. A thing given willingly to someone without payment, right? A thing, a thing given willingly to someone without payment. And the word power I'm going to use is this. The ability to do something or act in a particular way. The ability to do something or act in a particular way. And I don't know about you, but many times it's, you know, when we hear certain talks and we hear about the excellence of masculinity or that you hear about the beauty of femininity, and I think probably especially as men, I know women, we experience this as well, but sometimes we hear talks about here's what y'all should be and here's what you ought to do, and you're like, well, that's great. I don't even know how to do that. <laughs> like, what does that even mean? What does it mean to be men who give the gift of themselves? What does it mean to be men after the heart of Christ? What does it mean to be men made in the image and likeness of God? Because, see, these are the very places in our life that the Lord wants to come and transform us and to come and restore us. And this is the gift of who you are. And I think if we could just even consider this just as a concept, that from the beginning of time, when God begins creating Adam and Eve, so he creates Adam and Eve, and then throughout history, God creates people. And of all the civilizations, my dear brothers, that have come and gone, powers have risen and fallen out of everything that has come and gone over the millions of years you know, that we've been here on earth, however many years that is, up until this very moment, God has only ever created male and female. And that, that, my dear brothers, is a beautiful reality. So, see, right now I have the best seat in the house, okay? So I can see all of your faces, right? And every single one of you uh, as in this room today is a man. Every single one of you came to earth in the womb of a woman as a son. And then as you grew, you became a brother, whether biologically or brothers in society. And then every man is called to give the gift of himself as a bridegroom. And from that comes his most mature identity, which is father. And sometimes what happens is, especially, you know, I speak a lot to priests and seminarians, and I, and I can imagine this is true in the life of every man, is that when we start re- referring to you in the most mature part of your identity, which is father, which is kind of like the roof of your house, have you ever in your life as a father or as a mature man, you know, chronologically in age, where somebody asks like, hey, hey dad, can you do this? Or, you know, can you do this? And they're like, kind of, you're in the room with people and they're like, hey, can you say something? And you're like, I have no idea what I'm doing right now. I I feel like a total fraud. I have no idea how to do this man thing. I don't know what to do, and I can't let anybody find out that I have no idea what to do. And you think the guy next to you knows what to do. He doesn't know what to do either. Can I just tell you that, okay? Because the truth is, all of us have places in our hearts where we don't know. And you know what, my dear brothers? I am here to tell you today that you do not have to figure it out on your own. That in the gift that God has given you as men, this gift that he has given you to image his love in a way that's different than how I image his love, he will give you everything you need. Everything. And you look at this profound reality as we see in Jesus Christ, the man who is fully alive, a man who comes as a son, he's a brother, he's a bridegroom, he's the bridegroom of the church, and he images the father. Pope Francis, in his year of mercy, the very first sentence of that letter that he wrote for the year of mercy many years ago, he said this, Jesus Christ is the face, is the face of the father's mercy. Which means that it's, it's in Christ, my dear brothers. It is in Christ that he's going to show you and to tell you everything you need to know. In him you will find everything you need. And his heart is for you. He is not belittling you. He's not demanding you to do something you don't want to do. He's calling you to the deepest part of who you are as men. 
the gift of yourself, a gift which gives life, a gift which blesses, a gift which protects, a gift that orders chaos. It is the gift of you. And that God has brought you here to earth now. And he's given you a mission now. And there's a particular way that he is calling you to love as a man. And the particular way that he's calling you individually as men to reveal the face of the Father That is the gift of your masculinity, that when people see you as a woman in in your presence, when I see you, I'm seeing a particular way that God loves. We we learn something about who we are through the theology, as John Paul II talks about, the theology of our bodies. That even in your body, the way God has made you in your body, in your emotions, in the way your mind is ordered, in the way you are ordered as men, it's a particular revelation of how God loves that you go toward, that you initiate, that you give the gift of yourself, the way he's made your bodies strong, and just the way your bodies are made, they're angular, they're, they're t- t- shaped totally different than women's bodies. And it's just such a, it's a, such a sorrow today to see this, this you know, kind of a struggle for the redefinition of male and female because nobody wins in that. It just destroys everyone. And many times we don't know who we are as men and women So it's very easy to get lost. But the Lord is inviting you right now in history for a time such as this to give the gift of yourself in a way that, my brothers, nobody else can give. And it's not about acquiring territory. It's not about acquiring status. It's about the revelation of who you are that's a potent life-giving gift that nobody else can give in your stead. Which is why we need you, my dear brothers. We need you to be so deeply inserted in the heart of Christ that you love with his heart. And he delightfully welcomes you there. Because see, in him, you and I, we can't fail in him. And yes, we make mistakes, and yes, we get up after we fall down and we do, you know, we continue on our journey. But when we are tucked away in the heart of Christ, he reveals very deep things to our hearts, and he gives us the strength to give the gift of ourselves. There's a wonderful book out by, uh, written by a priest who is a Franciscan priest, and he's talking about the strength of man, and I just offer this to you. He says this. He says, as men, we grow by being pushed to our limits and then breaking through. Internal struggles are very similar. An external breakthrough leads to internal breakthroughs, breakthroughs of the heart. A lot of men can go to a desert and quote-unquote do hard things for a short period of time, but it takes a certain kind of man to go on the interior journey A journey where he is invited to face himself, his weakness, his poverty, and his brokenness so God can make him whole. So God can make him whole. And I would would say, and I just invite your heart to this, I would say that is exactly the very thing you want to do. That is exactly the thing. When you were a little boy, just think about it just for a second. When you were a little boy, what did you want to be when you grew up? What What did you have a plan in your life? What were some things that you hoped for? What set your heart on fire? What are the things that you pursued? Because I really believe that every man, and we hear this, the masculine genius of being able to to receive and to give the gift of yourself to order, like we said, order chaos, to order creation, to set up perimeters. Why? So beauty can flourish. So the vulnerable can flourish. So hearts can flourish. That's done through the gift of you. And it's why I truly believe, no matter what's happening in our lives, I truly believe, my dear brothers, you and I will never, ever, ever, ever be satisfied with mediocrity. 
And you and I settle for it at times because we think that's as good as it's going to get. But I don't believe it for a second. I don't believe it. And I'm wondering, you know, how many times in our life, you know, you get to be a certain age and, you know, all of us, you know, we look, we look at our life and we look at ourselves as kids and we're like, yeah, life hasn't really turned out like I thought it would. <laughs> and sometimes what we do in our life is we say, well, this is as good as it's going to get. My marriage, this is as good as it's going to get. She's not going to change. I mean, I'm tired of being belittled. I'm tired of being, you know, nagged all the time. This is as good as it's going to get. And we're just going to have to coexist. And I would guess on your wedding day, the day that you made a covenant with your beautiful bride, your heart was not to coexist with her. And we do that in society. We do it in work. We do it with our coworkers. And our hearts just kind of shut down in our life. Or maybe you're struggling with an addiction. And you said to yourself over and over and over again, this was the last time you're going to do it. And then you find yourself there again. And you say to yourself, man, what's wrong with me? And what I would like to invite you to consider in those places, my dear brothers, where we settle for mediocrity or we settle for the status quo and we tell ourselves stories that are not true, I would invite us to consider that these are places of deep tenderness and deep vulnerability. Let me just say something to you, just as a woman. I'm a recovering addict myself, just to let you know. So I had an addiction for a long time and I've been sober for many years and I'm really grateful for the gift of sobriety. And it's something that I take very seriously. So I had a primary addiction to alcohol. It started when I was 12 years old, and I had a secondary addiction to lust. And it nearly broke me. And there were many times when I would wake up in the morning in college, and I would say to myself, man, okay, I'm not going to do that anymore. I promised myself I wasn't going to change. I was going to change. But I just kept hitting the same thing over and over and over and over and over again. So can we just offer this to you? Addiction, whatever form it is, whether it's being right, whether it's dominating, whether it's work, whether it's alcohol, whether it's women, whether it's gambling, whether it's men, like whatever, man, they're all out there. Addictions are a trauma response to where our hearts have been broken. And so what Jesus is doing in our life, he's not asking us to manage our sin. Christianity is not sin management. Christianity is a complete transformation unto glory. But that transformation only happens, my dear brothers, when you and I are willing to become very honest in the deepest places. And see, Jesus, when we talk about these things, we might experience shame. You might experience shame in your marriage or shame in how you're fathering your kids or shame in how you're fathering your grandkids or how you didn't or just whatever's happening in your life at work, you you know, perhaps places where just there's dishonesty or things like that. I just want to tell you that the Lord is not ashamed of you. And there's a really good reason why you're doing what you're doing. (laughs) Nothing is ever random. Nothing is ever arbitrary. And in our lives, as we want to live integrated lives, as our hearts ache, as Father was saying here, our hearts, hearts ache for something more than just the exterior. Our hearts ache to be integrated and whole and true and good and powerful and fruitful. That comes from receiving Christ first and foremost in the center of your being where he dwells with you. And many times in life, you know what, there's things that we do that we don't even understand why we do. We're all like St. Paul. St. Paul says, I do what I don't want to do, and what I don't do, I want to do, and I don't even know what to do. And we're like, amen, brother. Like, don't we all know that? But the Lord knows. So even as I'm speaking today, and as you came here today, and whether you came today because you come every year with your men's group, and you all have a wonderful time, or maybe you were voluntold to come today because your wife's like, you're going. Like, that's what's happening right now. You're going to this men's conference. You're like, I guess I'm going. Okay, so that's okay. That's okay. That's all right. So, So whatever the Lord wants to raise to the surface, my dear brothers, would we allow him to do that?
because we can only push away the truth for so long. (laughs) And luckily, just the way that you're made and the way God loves you, he will keep pursuing you over and over and over and over and over and over again, revealing to you the truth of who you are, revealing to you the particular way that you are called to love as men, revealing the particular way you're called to give the gift of yourself and blessing you in that Jesus Christ has not come to play games with you. He comes to bring you into the wholeness and the power and the gift of who you are. And I'm not sure if you've ever spent time in your life just pondering just, just the excellence and just the beauty of who you are as men. I'm here to tell you today that your masculinity is not toxic, it's glorious. It is glorious. And we need you. We need you as men. We need the gift of who you are. We need the Lord to come into your heart just like we need the Lord to come into our hearts as women and to order our loves and to integrate us and to bring us into wholeness and humility and vulnerability and excellence so that we can give the gift of ourselves. Because can I just, can I just share with you, you know, we look at the attack on masculinity and like we said, nothing is random. This, is not, didn't, this did not come out of nowhere. And even when we look in the garden between Adam and Eve, who did the enemy attack first? He attacked women first. And then it's from that fallout when he speaks the lie to Eve and she believes the lie. It's not about an apple. It's not about a fruit. It's about a lie that was sown into the heart. A lie that the enemy still whispers to you and I every single day when he says, God is not good. He doesn't love you. You better work harder. You better earn it. Because God is just like your dad. And maybe your dad really struggled. And so the enemy is just constantly coming like a sniper to take you out in the deepest places. And what happens? So the enemy attacks Eve. Um, Adam is not there. What's happening? We're not really sure what's happening in the garden. It's purely kind of speculation. But the enemy attacks Eve. She buys the lie. She falls. She offers the, the fruit to her husband. It's the same lie to her husband. He falls. And from that moment, their hearts are shattered. And they're shattered within in their relationship with God. Now God is suspect. Now, haven't we all thought about that? I mean, if we're really honest with ourselves, haven't we all had that kind of consideration that if you really give your life to the Lord, is it really going to be everything that God says it would be? Does he really want what's best for you? All of us have had years of prayer and certain things in our life, and maybe for you it is your addiction. You're like, Lord, please come and heal me of this, and it just seems like prayers go unanswered, or maybe your wife passed away, or maybe she left you. Or maybe when you were a little boy, your, your dad died of cancer when you were young, and you prayed every night before you went to bed, Dad, he, Father, heal my dad. And it seems like our prayers go unnoticed. And then I think probably especially for men, it's, it's kind of the way of just, you know, you got to man up, bro. Stuff everything inside. It's not a big deal. And keep going. And those things are huge deals. And we often say that we don't care, which is kind of a way of deflecting our, our fears. We say we don't care. We totally care. And see, if we're not allowing Jesus to come into those places, my dear friends, the enemy will just come and have a heyday. And he'll fill your heart with all kinds of things that might seem like they will medicate that original pain. And the Lord is asking you to take a journey as, as his, taking your heart into his, walking through the Paschal mystery, because there is no other way but through. There's no other way. It's not around, not above, not about. Like it's the only way is through the Paschal mystery, to the suffering, death, and resurrection of Christ, that he takes everything in your life and in my life that we have suffered, and he brings it home to himself. That he takes on every temptation, he takes on every sin, he takes on every place that you and I fail, he takes those into himself so that we do not fail in him. 
and that he brings us home. And we see the attack upon women in society that happened in the early 1900s. We see the attack upon their bodies, the attack upon what it means to be woman. And what happens is women, we largely absorb that particular lie. And as a society, we bought into it because why? It provides the illusion, right, of freedom. And now we see the enemy has come for you. And when we as women, when we don't know who we are, it's very difficult for us to look at you and to see who you are. Because let me just share with you, if you look in the garden before the fall, when Adam and Eve are gifted to each other, God creates Adam, and Adam is a partner with God. And he gives them territory, he gives them space, he gives them power, he gives them the ability to name the animals is the way that the man is given to order creation. Even just the way your brain is focused, if you know any woman at all, you know that you think a little differently than we do. <laughs> it's a different way of thinking. And those, those ways, like our bodies, our hearts, our minds, our spirits, are called to be complementary, not contradictory. And what happens, that God sees that Adam is alone, and he says, it is not good for the man to be alone. I will give him a, a suitable partner. Did you know that word in Hebrew, helpmate, the suitable partner, that word helpmate, as woman is given to Adam, and the whole language of Genesis changes from kind of a rote transcription to literal poetry. When Adam sees her, he's like, this one at last. is bone of my bone and flesh of my flesh. My dear brothers, that word helpmate literally means lifesaver. It is only used one other time in the Old Testament, and that is when God himself comes to the help of Israel. And see, can I just tell you as a woman, this is our heart for you. We want to bless you. We want to be at your side on this adventure of life with you, running toward heaven with you. In our heart of hearts, beyond our woundedness and beyond the places we are broken, we want to experience the gift of who you are. And we want to bless you. We want to encourage you. We want to to be your biggest fan. And we want to help push you and press you into everything God has for you. And when we're able to do that, our lives flourish because men and women are made to go together. And this whole journey after the fall is a reintegration of all the broken pieces. Why? It's because in the fullness of the man and the woman together... That's the fullness of how God loves. Because as a woman to you, I'm a reminder of the tenderness of God, of the fierce safety of God, of the beauty of God. And woman is the most beautiful thing God ever made. And why did he make her so beautiful? It's because she's a foretaste of heaven. Because beauty is very healing. It is why people in the presence of Our Lady, when Our Blessed Mother, you know, she comes to the apostles and she comes to the upper room and she receives the Holy Spirit again, while just her heart and her beauty and her power helps bring a man to life. So can I just say to you that for all the women in your life, you know, every single one of us here spent more or less nine months in the womb of a woman. And did you know that your mama, just what we know from fetal science now, that your mother set the base regulation for your heartbeat. She set the best base regulation for all of your hormones, all of your emotions. Everything that happened to you in the womb, there were stories told about you before you were ever born. You knew her voice, you knew the quality of her voice, you knew her touch. By 12 weeks old, you could distinguish when you were in the womb, by the time you were 12 weeks old, you could distinguish between your mother's touch on the womb and somebody else's. And that is a very intimate place. And from that place, I just want to honor the places of our hearts where women have been very good to you and maybe your mom was amazing 
And you've had sisters and cousins and aunts and and girls at school and maybe your wife now that have just been wonderful to you. None of us are perfect, but maybe you've had more or less a really wonderful experience with women. But I know, I'm old enough to know that every single one of us also has some places of sorrow. So could I just tell you, on behalf of women in your life, just how sorry I am for the places we've missed your heart for the places maybe where your mom belittled you or your mom compared you to your older brother or maybe she just didn't have time for you or maybe you were quote-unquote inconvenient or maybe she didn't step up when your dad was having a hard time, your mom didn't step up to protect or defend, maybe she used you as a surrogate spouse, maybe you were the, the crown jewel of the family and she put you on a pedestal and so there was no mothering there, it was just kind of an idol worship. Or maybe you've had sisters or cousins or girls in school or women in your life who have just emasculated you or made fun of you or grasped at you, try to seduce you, use their beauty instead to bless you. They use their, their beauty to wound you out of our own brokenness. And maybe right now you're in a really hard place with your wife because see, we as women and, and our hearts, our desires to be found beautiful, our desires to receive and to bless. And if we don't allow Jesus into these places in our own life, what we'll do is we'll just transmit that onto you and expect you to be God for us. And there's no way you can do that. So if you would just allow me to, on behalf of the women in your life who haven't loved you well, to tell you how deeply sorry I am. How deeply sorry. And I can tell you that that is not our heart. (laughs) And I have been in religious life almost 24 years now. And I have been on a healing journey for over 17 years, a very, very serious healing journey of sobriety, of restoration, of recovery. And I tell you, my dear brothers, my heart is to love well. It is to bless. But I know that I don't always do that. And so for whatever way the women in your life are unable to come to you and just to be vulnerable for you, for whatever reason, I just want to come to you as an emissary of their hearts and just to tell you that we love you. We love you. And we want you to be fully alive. Our hearts are to see you thrive. To be able to give the gift of yourself. To be the men that God has called you to be. We want that for you. And we want to be able to create a space, to create a safety, to create a rest where your heart can come home and rest and you can know the truth of who you are, which is revealed through the deep heart of Christ. And it is a gift. It is a tremendous gift. And what you and I will hear today in the Mass, the Mass readings for today, is Jesus is going to welcome the little children. And parents are bringing forth the children to have Jesus. Why? To have Jesus because his touch is safe and his heart is a blessing. They brought forth their little children so that Jesus would come and touch them and would bless them. And what happens? The disciples are rebuking them. And Jesus says, you let the little children come to me and do not prevent them. For the kingdom of heaven belongs to such as these. And this, my dear brothers, this is about you. That there are places in your life and in my life where we have these small places where we don't know what to do, where we feel inadequate, where we feel, we sometimes just get angry, whatever that is for us. And there are these little places and usually what we're doing is we're rebuking ourselves. We rebuke each other and it's not a holy rebuke. It's not like admonishing the sinner. It's not a spiritual work of mercy. It's like totally shame-based and we hate ourselves and we get stuck in this corner and we kind of settle for things in our life and that's our way of rebuking ourselves because we're so terrified of what's inside. But Jesus is coming to you today, my dear brothers, and he's saying, I'm not terrified of what's inside. I'm not afraid of you. 
I'm not afraid of your passion. I'm not afraid of the gift of who you are. I'm not afraid of the energy that you bring as a man because I made you like that. And I would love to come to the heart of that so I can order your love so that you can give the gift of yourself in power and strength that will be life-giving and that will bless. Would you let him do that for you today? Because see, what he's doing through that is he's giving you the ability to then do the same for others. That your masculinity is a blessing, that your strength is a gift, that your power is made to order creation. And that is good and very beautiful. But you very well know, my dear brothers, like any good man, Jesus will never force his way upon you. He's just going to invite you. So I'm wondering today, and maybe this is the first time in your life you've heard something like this. I'm wondering for you today, my dear brothers, what right now is the Holy Spirit bringing to your heart that he would love to speak to you about today? And many times it's the one thing that's coming to your mind right now that you're like, ooh, not that, anything else but that. Lord, something else, please. Can we keep going, you know? Maybe it's that. And the Lord would love to talk to you about that because he loves you. He loves you. So let's pray, shall we? Jesus, we thank you for the ways that you come in search of our hearts. We thank you for how you come in mercy and truth, Lord, that your truth is healing and your love is healing. And Lord, I pray right now that for each one of us here today, whether we're here in person, whether we're listening, or however we're listening to this message, I just pray right now for each one of us that you would bring to mind just the one place in our hearts that you wish to speak to today. Jesus is not afraid, my brothers. He's not overwhelmed. He loves you and he sees your goodness. And Lord, I pray that for each one of us, you would speak to us. What do you want us to know about this place in our heart? What do you want us to know? What is the truth? And Lord, I pray that you would give us the courage to go with you wherever you lead us, knowing that you will never lead us in a place you are not already there. Lord, I pray for an outpouring of courage upon these men, a courage upon these sons of yours whom you so deeply love, whom you have formed and fashioned from their mother's womb, Lord. I pray that you would heal them in every place where they need healing. Bring them to wholeness and communion, Lord. I pray for an outpouring of the blessing of marriages, for healing of marriages, healing of families. I pray for all the men you're calling here today to become priests. I pray that these men would have the courage to say yes to this call upon their life to love as you love. Lord, and I thank you. Thank you for the gift of these men. May they know ever more deeply how good they are, how great is their heart, and how potent is the power of the gift of their love poured out through yours. Mother, I pray that your beauty would heal these men any places that beauty has broken them, false beauty has hurt them or broken them. Mother, I pray that your feminine beauty even now would begin to heal these places. I just pray that you would heal every woman in the lives of every single one of these men. Mama, I pray that you would heal us as women so that we can receive your son and give the gift of your heart back to the men in our life. We pray that you would heal our church, heal our land, heal our world. 
As we pray, glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Good Saint Joseph, pray for us. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. I love you very much. Thank you for letting me be here today. God bless you. Thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you. 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 Thank